Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, we all thought this was going to be a cakewalk for David Eby here to win the NDP leadership and become the next premier. But look out, he's, it looks like he's got an opponent here now. Apparently, uh, an NDP federal candidate ran in Vancouver Granville uh, in 2021, Anjali Apadurai, yes. who's a climate change activist, is apparently, as we speak, in front of our camera, global camera, talking about how she's declaring for the uh, her candidacy for the leadership of the NDP. So that would make... Um, uh, a race. It would make it an actual race. Okay, <laughs> he's got a. Eb's going to have to run now, now, against someone here. Yeah, Richard Zussman, our colleague at Global, is trying to interview her. Um, she's running a little late. She's not. It's not a big splashy announcement, but there is a, a, a financial cost to this. You got to pay yeah. significant money in two stages, forty thousand dollars. So, yeah, uh, but a lot. The, um, it would be interesting that uh, her candidacy would raise climate change as an issue in the campaign and potentially force David Eby to take a position, to re, uh, reinforce the position the NDP government has on some sensitive issues for the environmental movement. One is fracking. Sure. Another one is LNG, embracing LNG. Oil, oil and gas subsidies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. A bit, of, a bit of spice in the debate. So I, I still think, you know, I'd be very surprised if David Eby uh, doesn't win the uh, leadership race, as no, you and I have both he, boldly course. predicted that he will. Well, yeah, we've both gone out in a limb, very short one, saying, uh, <laughs> you know, he's going to he's going to be the premier, but uh, at least he's not going to be acclaimed. I think this is interesting that he'll at least have an opponent who's going to put some pressure on him on these environmental issues. There's a big wing, an environmental wing, and an activist wing of the NDP who are not happy with the direction of this government and some of these files. Yeah, well, right? yeah, there's some tension there for yeah. sure uh, on on old growth uh, logging, sure. for example. Yeah. Even though the government has has put the brakes on a uh, tremendous amount of logging of old growth timber, it hasn't put a hundred percent clamp down, and that's what uh, a number of activists are demanding. Okay, so we're watching that one. Anjali Apadurai, who's a climate change activist, looks like she's going to run for the NDP leadership here against David Eby. All right. Uh, yesterday, tensions running very high on Hastings Street in the downtown east side as police and fire officials move in to remove all the tents and structures in that encampment. Mm-hmm. And it got pretty hairy down there. I mean, there was basically a brawl down there was- at Hastings in Maine. Like people fighting totally with predictable. police. Totally predictable. Yeah, I mean, and this is a fire chief. The fire chief of Vancouver, who was on the show last week, saying she was concerned about a potentially deadly fire down there, and that's why they. Well, we had a, we out. had a fire uh, official on Global last night pointing out that they could not access certain res- uh, residences there uh, if there's with, a fire. If there's a fire, it right. was not accessible, and that those places are very dangerous in terms of fires, as we've seen tragically play out the last few months where there have been people who've been uh, who've died in fires so this was predictable though we're just waiting to see um the confrontation between police and and uh, people living there yeah and we saw that yesterday and now there's a big political component to this too but let me play a clip here now you'll hear some of the people who are living down there in this tent city saying like we got nowhere else to go here's what they said to global news yesterday 
You don't think these things will be back here next week? Some started taking down their tents and packing up their belongings, but the question on everyone's mind, where to go next? It's a, it's a darn good question. Uh, honestly, probably nowhere. Uh, I think at this point, I mean, I really don't have any other options, so I'm probably just going to stay where I am. It's like the same thing with the housing when we had Tent City last time. They said they were going to get us housing. Nothing. Okay, then BC Housing yesterday put out a statement saying, hey, by the way, we don't have any no. place to put, put these people. Exactly. So, so this is just a, a moving tent city. Yeah. We saw it in Oppenheimer Park. We've seen it in other locations that had taken root on the street there. It's been moved. Where it shows up next remains to be seen. Okay, now let's talk about the politics of this now because there's pressure on Kennedy Stewart. There's pressure on David Eby on, the, on this file. And we've talked a lot about mental illness, which is mm-hmm. a, a big component of this. I mean, a lot of people are on the street, they're mentally ill or they've got terrible drug addictions or, or both in many cases. And I'll have a listen to this. Now, this is Kevin Falcon, the B.C. Liberal leader, on yesterday's show, and we talked about reopening large institutions for people who are mentally ill, like Riverview. And here's what he said to me yesterday. We don't have to model them on the old model from the 1950s and 60s. There is a modern, compassionate um, you know, uh, apartment-like setting approach that we can create where we get those with severe brain damage and mental illness the kind of proper care that they need. Kevin Falcon, yesterday, your thoughts? Well, you just heard Jordan Armstrong's report that Kennedy Stewart came pretty close to also advocating for uh, reopening institutions like Riverview. Yeah, yeah. I think the pendulum has swung here, and it's been swinging slowly but surely over the last few years as the unsolvable issue of mental health problems on the street uh, takes root and expands. And you've got this terrible incident of first responders being attacked with a machete yeah. um, from someone with obvious mental health issues in a, in a single-room occupancy apartment. It's just, uh, it's just re- I think, brought it to a new level. And I think this is going to be a debate going forward is whether or not we repurpose or reinstitute an institutional institutionalization yeah. rather than deinstitutionalization. Riverview Hospital is is a, a massive complex that was shut down in stages. And I, by the way, I had like several callers yesterday or people email me saying like, Kevin Falcon, wait a minute. It wasn't it his government that shut down Riverview when he was he was in the Christie Clark government or is the Christie Clark government? Well, it began under the so credit. Well, that's it. It started under the under social credit, but then the Liberals continued to shut it down. As did the NDP in the nineties. Yeah. So it, it's been an evolving process, but it's it's not just it's not an isolated example. This was all the rage everywhere. It was to deinstitutionalize. Right. It's not, it wasn't just BC. It was happening in many many places. As that was the call. But now you see some of the consequences flowing from that. Uh, the last few years have been unlike anything we've seen in decades in terms of uh, challenges on the streets, particularly for first responders dealing with mental health issues or police. You know, the whole, um, I think, misguided defund police uh, uh, movement is uh, partly uses the, the excuse that police are dealing with mental health when they shouldn't be, which is true police officers will tell you that too that they need more resources and but they've become mental health 
uh, first responders, and they're not necessarily equipped to do that. It's interesting to see a guy like Falcon kind of openly saying, let's reopen these large institutions. And it wasn't like it was an off-the-cuff remark that he made to me yesterday. The the, the liberals actually packaged up that interview and were, they did. And were Put it distributing it on, Twitter, on social, on social media. media. They yeah. want this out there. This is a message he wants out there. Yeah, uh, they've, they've picked up law and order and chaos as a, and, and, and safety as a key issue. And we saw that they sort of developed that in the last legislative session. I think you're going to see that going forward. Okay. Let's talk about Donald Trump and the search of Mar-a-Lago, his estate in Florida. Well, the latest he's now, apart from that search, he's now taken the the fifth. He will not testify uh, to the New York attorney general's probe of his personal finances. So that's the latest development today. Again, Trump announcing that on Twitter, beating everyone to the punch. But after he did that, quickly just being distributed on Twitter is a videotape of him from 2016 of him saying, anyone who takes the fifth is guilty. <laughs> yeah, right. But I tell you, I, right. uh, I don't know about you, my inbox, for some reason, my name is, my email is in so many r- political movement yeah. e- email chains, right wing and left wing, but particularly in the, the right wing. I get all these emails from these right wing candidates, Republican candidates, um, Conspiracy theorists who are just going insane sure. over this raid on Mar-a-Lago. Uh, that, that this is this is feeding the conspiracy theorists. This is a huge hoax, a huge conspiracy, uh, demanding that the FBI be disbanded. So yeah, defund the FBI. This has hit a level now in the states we've never seen before. This these two solitudes, and we still don't know precisely what it's about. I mean, like every major media outlet is is reporting that it has to do with Trump taking. Classified, classified documents from the White House and bringing them back to Mar-a-Lago. So we know that, but we don't know what the documents were no. about. We don't know what Trump did with these documents. And is that why they had such a huge police raid? I mean, I got to figure it's got to be more than some sort of, you know, well, I think na- the, national archive uh, no, rule. I, I think it's the information in those documents yeah. is the key here. What was it pertaining to? Was it pertaining to the coup, to ta- the attempted coup? Was it pertaining to some other uh thing other just actually taking documents it's what's in the documents that i think is important the way the the trump and the republicans are of course are framing this is as you said they they want to say that trump trump is being victimized here this is a political vendetta Mm -hmm. that uh this the department of justice and the fbi have been politically weaponized here they don't want trump to run for president again that's why they're doing this it's the deep state going after him again that's how they want to frame it let's listen to his lawyer here so this is trump's lawyer Christina Bob here talking about the FBI going after Trump. Listen to this. Uh, we'll see what they come up with. You know, if they did, it'll be interesting, especially since they precluded me from actually watching what they did. But but at this point, I don't necessarily think that they would even go to the extent of trying to plant information. I think they just make stuff up and, you know, come up with whatever they want. And I, I, that's the way that they will have to proceed in order to actually try to indict the president because they, they don't have anything. Make stuff up. So this is what they're saying. That's actually one of the calmer comments <laughs> from the Trump camp. <laughs> That's not necessarily off the deep end like we've seen others uh, in the Republican Party who are just equating this with their own version of a coup d'etat. Okay, but you know what, though? If, if, we don't, if they don't charge Trump or indict him or convict him, if this turns out to be some sort of dead end or it's a, it's a minor technical technical breach of... Uh, of document laws, I think it does turn into potentially a positive for Trump. Well, if, if he frames himself as like a martyr, it may already be a positive for him, judging yeah. by the reaction of the Republican Party, who are all rising to his defense. Right, that, so, they're rallying around him, and it, it, 
he sounds like he's almost he's all but declared himself a candidate. Right. For the for the this may be the the thing that pushes him forward on sure, that front. Sure. Sure. And maybe it helps him win the Republican nomination again. It could very well be. You know? But winning winning the White House is a completely different situation. Right. I'm not sure it would help him on that end, but it yeah. could help him winning the Republican nomination over Ron DeSantis. All right. Baldry's beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. Right to your phone calls, James in Kelowna. Hi, James. Go ahead. Hi, Keith. Um, as you know, Kelowna was recently deemed the highest uh, crime rate in Canada, which is surprising. But um, I just have a question. A couple of years ago, there was um, a documentary put out on the city of Seattle. It's called Seattle is Broken. And yeah. in that documentary, there was, um, I think there's part two now, but as part of the solution to what seems to be a very similar case now in some of our cities up here across the border, um, in one region of that suburb of the city, I believe, was a facility built that was a combination of treatment and incarceration. So it wasn't, it wasn't a jail where someone was just thrown in and, and the keys thrown away. It was, it was, like I said, a combination of treatment and and a, a justice system together, and it it was fantastic. And the results, I believe, that they went on to explain in that documentary were absolutely amazing. I'm just wondering if you heard yeah. of that. Yeah, no, I've seen it. It's actually called Seattle is Dying is yeah. the name of the documentary, and it, and it did get a lot of attention a few years ago. And if you watch it, and you can certainly you can watch it easily online, when you watch it, you will get a lot of feelings of deja vu of watching this thing, saying this is what Vancouver is going through, precise same challenges and problems. Well, Vancouver is getting hammered on social media right now. We did a story last night of um, various um, trip advisory type yeah. websites where people post their comments about visiting Vancouver, and people posting incredibly negative comments saying, do not come to this city. It is terrible uh, what's happening on the streets there. So the pressure is building on uh, on BC. And this, I think, explains why Kevin Falcon wants to go this route. I think uh, it's interesting to look down in San Francisco recently. The public um, fired their prosecutor for perceived softness on crime and homelessness. Uh, yeah. San Francisco has become a basket case of a city. And any recent visitor will tell you it's not a nice place to go to. I've been to Frisco a half dozen times. I think it's a fantastic place, but I, I just simply wouldn't go there now. Let's go to John and Langley. Hi, John. Go ahead. Good morning, sir. Just listening to your comments about what's going on with Trump. Every president yeah. in the United States has a right to declassify or classify materials. Obama has got material that he has picked up. And I believe the story about Clinton, I don't know. But all I can say is I think this is a, a thing to sort of get uh, Trump not to run again. And that's about all I can say about the whole okay. thing. Okay, okay, thank you for the call. Well, it may have had the opposite effect of actually making him run again. Yeah, right. You know, that <laughs> seems to be the the, um, the first response from Donald Trump. He seems to be waving the flag here saying, I'm, I'm the guy to, to carry this party again. Unless they've discovered bombshell evidence of criminal wrongdoing against them and they, they hit him with a massive indictment. Well, keep in mind, I mean, he's under fire. The FBI raids only one part of yeah. what's going on. The New York Attorney General is completely different 
That's a that's a, a probe into his financial affairs. He he's facing indictment on those quite apart from whatever the FBI is doing at, at Mar-a-Lago. But you know the the director of the FBI, the Attorney General of the United States, know what's going on here, and they would know the political repercussions of of doing something like this. So I don't think they would go in there with dozens of FBI agents and swarm in there and break into the guy's safe. It wouldn't be a if it's some expedition. sort of technical breach nope. of a of a document law. I mean, there no. must be something more serious. Oh, I, every commentator no. analysis I've read says the same thing. There's more, there's gotta be something yeah. serious going on here. It's not a fishing expedition. Rob and Chilliwack. Hi, Rob, go ahead. Rob. Hi, good morning, guys. Uh, just to weigh in on the, uh, downtown east side there and what's going on there. Okay. You got 30 uh, seconds. Okay. I'm going to be real quick then, you know, first and foremost, and I've told you before, my son's a police officer, the men and women that are serving, they're doing a tough job. But I got to be honest, from what I see from the media and what I watched on Global News, the, the first story they put up, they put up the guy, oh, the police come in, they actually hogtied a guy. Well, guess what? They were being accosted. They were being assaulted. So they're only doing what they're told. It has to be cleaned up. I was talking with a guy quickly uh, this morning when I was in the cab this morning. He said his niece came up from California. He said that she said that the city is so dirty. It's actually she was scared to walk down the street. Thank, thank you, Rob. Ten seconds. Yeah, well, I mean, I defend our coverage. It's uh, we've quoted both sides of the story. 